Hey, this is Pastor Ty, and we want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction today. Uh, when you hear this message, we want you to know that we've been praying and praying that your faith will grow and be encouraged and challenged. And we really want you to know that we, we love that you're here. But what would help us is if you would subscribe, rate this, review this, and, and share it online. You can also help us by partnering with us. And a lot of people call Cowboy Junction home that attend on our online campus. But when you join us financially, you're really being a part of the team. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com backslash give, and uh, that'll help us so much. Uh, thanks again for being here, and hope you enjoy this message. Prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. You're welcome in this place. Jesus, we celebrate you, and right now in front of this whole group, we want to stop everything we're doing. We want to tell you a big thank you. Uh, for those in this room that know what Resurrection Sunday means, then this is our all existence. This, everything we hope in, everything we believe in, everything we are, everything we're going to be is wrapped around the belief and faith that comes from Resurrection Sunday. It was the day that we celebrate Friday where you became sin for us. And Sunday when you conquered death, hell, sin, and the grave. Lord, be in today. Open my mouth to speak. We want to hear from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, anybody like old records? Y'all like vinyls? Vinyl, vinyls are cool. You know, vinyls are incredible. Uh, really, um, they're so good. They remind you how much I'm glad that we progressed on to something better than vinyl, but I still like vinyl. Uh, uh, <laughs> listen, I, I went and for, e for Christmas, I received a, a record player, and I love it. I absolutely love it. But I've been searching through the old um, antique shops, and I pull up great vinyls. And listen, what always happens, every time I mention I have a, a, a record player, there's always somebody that says, oh my gosh, now that you have a record player, I want to give you all my records. And listen, 1983 Lovington Choir record doesn't, <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Connie, Connie wants that. Okay, I apologize. A 1983 Artesia Bulldog Choir? No, you wouldn't want that, but I want it. Okay, anyway, I... I brought some of my records. Now listen, this is a good chance for you guys to just whoop, shout, whoop. You know, if, you, if I pull up a, a record that you would say, I'd buy that, then, then say something, okay? But then, here's some of my vinyls, okay? Bruce Springsteen, yeah. the boss, okay? The boss, okay? Can't beat the saxophone. That's, that's good stuff. Eric Clapton, that's, that's, a good, that's a good vinyl right there. That's just good stuff. All right, here's Heather's favorite, bar none down the road. Can't beat it. Frank Sinatra. Old baby blue eyes. My wife loves Frank. I'm glad he's dead. Okay. Grand, Grand Funk. That's that afro on the front. That's a white guy. That, that, that was back in the day when, man, they would bring it. That's a good vinyl right there. Okay, but let me just show you one of my favorite ones. Here's one of my favorite ones. Live at Carnegie Hall. No doubt, Tina Stinkin' Turner, okay? But get this, this is back in the day when Ike was there. It actually says Tina Turner and Ike. 
Don't you know he didn't like that much, okay? Okay, let me tell you why I like Tina so much. Tina can bring it. Y'all know Tina can bring it. She can bring it. Next thing you know, you're doing... You're doing that, okay? But Tina can also bring it down, okay? It's like right in the middle of a concert. Tina can turn and go, but let me just talk to you for a minute. We're all in here. We came to sing together, but why don't we just bring it down just a little bit? I'm like, bring it down. Bring it down. And, and, and here's the fun thing is that Heather can be gone, but I know she's coming back. And if I can time it perfect, I can have Tina playing when she walks in. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. We'll just keep going here. And, uh, but then, but then but the Tina will go, um, how, how's it go? It goes, uh, I've been, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I just, I just forgot it. Uh, wh- help me. Wh- how's it go? What? Roll on the, uh, I work a good job in the city. Come on, you know what? Working for the man every night. And but she'll even slow it down. She'll go, working for the man. Why do my hips do that when Tina comes on? Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a, great, that's a great album. That's a great album. I got other ones. Uh, if, if you're like, those are good, I guess. But, but I kind of... I kind of go the other direction. Well, you'll love Don Williams. That, that's, a, that's a great vinyl. Okay, listen. For all the millennials, if you don't know who this girl is, you need to Google search her. She could play anything. She could pick it, pluck it. She could do anything. Barbara Mandrell. Barbara could do it, okay? Alabama? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you what. There was some late-night four-wheeling to Alabama, okay? Reba? Okay, now listen, I'm, my, 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 my next one, I just want you all to stay in your seats, okay? Stay in your seats. Uh, this is one that gets listened to the most. It's George back a long time ago, like a long time ago. This is like a long time ago. Yeah, and he's got his dog on the back, yeah. Look at, look at old George, baby-faced George back in the day. This one gets played quite a lot. I love my vinyls. I really do. But there's one that um, really my family questioned me, like, why did you purchase this one? I brought it here today because I want to talk to you about the, the coincidence of Easter being on April Fool's this year. April Fool's Day. Who plans this stuff? You th- think that somebody would step up and go, hey, April Fool's, uh, Easter, oh, we can't do that. But they did. They didn't make my job too easy. But then the thing about it is, let's talk about that for a minute. And to help us kick this off today, I want to take you back to one of the greatest pranks ever played on America. America. See, in 1938, on October 30th, it was a very long time ago, back before TV, people sat around the radios. They would read, they would listen to the radio. And the radio was such a big deal, and they did it well back in the day. You would have your concerts, you would have your music, but you would also have your storytelling time. And in a, in a little room, that group of people would get together, and they would, you know, they, they would make sound noises, like horses walking across the street would be two coconuts on the, on the table, and, you know, creaky doors would be a rubber band, and 
I'm just making this stuff up because I wasn't there, okay? But it, it, they were fantastic at telling stories. Has anyone ever heard of a man named Orson Welles? Orson Welles, amazing storyteller, uh, fictional, science fiction, would cause people to sit on the edge of their seats. He would draw them in. But before Orson Welles was Orson Welles, he was just this young little man who told stories and hadn't really been found yet. But he came up with this idea. And the idea is what on Halloween night, 1938, he wanted to do something on the radio that had never been done before. It was gutsy. It was edgy. It was either going to be a major success or a horrible failure. And for whatever reason, the radio station that picked it up, they agreed to it. And Orson Welles, on October 30th, 1938, introduced the world to the uh, War of the Worlds. Let me tell you, if you, who knows about the War of the Worlds in, in the radio day? Who knows the story? Who, who has no clue, but you're just sitting on the edge of your seat? Wait, okay, nobody, but I'm going to tell it anyway, okay? Uh, this was an amazing night because the way that this goes, and you can actually sit there and listen to it, the first 20 seconds of the radio program, Orson Welles comes on in his Orson Welles voice and says, the next 20 minutes, the next two hours is going to be a story Unlike any story you've ever heard before, what if we were actually invaded by aliens? Dun, dun, dun. And then it goes right into the story. Now, here's the issue, is that if you were there to hear the first 20 seconds, you knew what was going on. If for every reason you were away from the radio or you turned in late or you came from another station to this station and were to jump in at any point in the next two hours, you had no clue that what was taking place was not real. Starts off and it, we go to our regular viewing pro, uh, listening program as the violins of Vienna now play for you. And in the background you can hear... And if you didn't know, you were listening to a concert about violins. When all of a sudden, we interrupt our regularly scheduled program because Dr. So-and-so in Geneva has come and seen that there is an explosion on Mars. And if you knew anything about Mars, you, you can't even see Mars, okay? But no one knew this in Beeville, Kentucky. <laughs> and the scientists came on and said, we will keep you informed. Now back to your regular listening pleasure. This built up and built up and built up to where all of a sudden you could see the spaceships coming from the sky down to Earth and New York was being invaded by Martians, laser beams, and people were melting before your very eyes. People tuning in late that didn't catch up to the first 20 seconds of the program were freaking out in their living room in 1938. <laughs> There were lawsuits. There were people who actually headed towards the mountains and had to have a family member go after them several days later. Wonderful things, beautiful things, cracking my heads up. I, I, would, I, would, I don't think I'd go after some of my family. And <laughs> this prank, this prank that all of a sudden you see that, that it wasn't true. Now, we're on April Fool's. And maybe you got April Fool paint today. I hope you didn't because it was Easter. But it makes kind of what I do very interesting in that do I ignore it? It's just April Fool's Day. Or do we address a key issue about some of the things said about Jesus that we should probably debunk? 
Now, the issue of April Fool's jokes, pranks, debunking, today's day and age has a different word for it. In fact, every millennial in the room knows what catfishing is. For everybody older, it doesn't mean you went to the lake and went fishing anymore. It really doesn't. It literally means you got suckered into a false relationship. Here's the definition of catfish. Catfish says this, someone who pretends to be someone else, especially on the internet. This whole phrase came about by a man by the name of Vince Pierce. Vince Pierce came with a TV show at MTV. And this TV show is about people who met other people online but then to find out that the person that they met online might even have had a relationship with for years, they were friends, other types of relationships, to then find out that it wasn't even the person they were saying they were. This is how weird it could be. Somebody could have a girlfriend online for many years to then find out it wasn't a girlfriend, it was a 45-year-old man. It's weird. It's weird. I don't even want to get in the weirdness part of it, okay? Listen, I know this is, this is controversial anyway, but Vince Pierce actually thought he was the only person in the world who'd ever been punked. The relationship wasn't real, wasn't the person they said they were, but the more and more that he began to talk to folks, there was all kinds of catfishing going on everywhere. He began to see that this was a real phenomenon since social media began to kick off. And so he went to MTV and said, I'd like to have a TV show that kind of shows a little bit of this people saying they're one thing and being another thing online. And they asked him, said, what are you going to call your TV show? He had no clue. So he was driving home and he was thinking he heard this story. And the story goes like this, is that there were fishermen in Alaska catching cod. And they had to ship these cod to China. But the problem was is by the time that they shipped them from Alaska to China and kept them in the holding tanks, the fish just sat there and didn't move and their skin and their muscles got soggy and lazy because they were so lazy. By the time they got to China, their, their, their meat was worth nothing. So a fisherman came up with an idea and when he left from China to get to Alaska, he packed a bunch of catfish with him. Just a few that just sat in the holding tanks. And as they caught cod, the catfish would nip on the fins of the cod and it would keep the cod moving. They wouldn't stay in one place. They would keep moving and would keep their muscles hard. By the time they got to China, they were in great shape because the catfish kept them moving. And he referred that story to what his experience was with this false relationship on the internet. And he said, you've got to pay attention to the catfishes in life. The catfishes that nip at you, bite at you. The catfishes that keep you on your toes. MTV loved it and gave him a TV show. And it's fascinating to see the trollers that are out there on the internet. The people who say they're something and they're something completely different. All the catfishing that goes on. But unfortunately, it's, it's deeper than just a story about catfish and cod. It's more sinister now. It's people taking advantage of each other. It's people taking hearts and breaking them. It's people taking finances and stealing them. It's people taking, taking relationships and blowing it. And the reason why I wanted to talk and introduce our message today and talk about catfishing is I wonder how much catfishing has been done in the church. To say one thing 
and the kingdom is completely different. If you're in this room today and, and, and you've just, maybe you've never been to Cowboy Junction before. Um, maybe you're here today and you came with somebody and, and you like the idea. This is cool. Uh, my kids can go to Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Heck, the pastor's got vinyls and Tina was in it. I like him already. But I want to stop and pause and ask you this question. Have you ever been affected spiritually about a promise somebody made about Jesus in which you never thought it was a lie and you believed it and someone was just catfishing you to get you to church catfishing you to lead you to the lord to get you saved and see the intention was right maybe it was done the wrong way there's a lot of catfishing in church um Maybe you're here today and you say, I want to I believe in Jesus. I really do. I want to believe in Jesus. I just feel like I'm getting catfished. I can understand that. I really can. Let me stop and pause you. Let me talk to you today about catfish Jesus. The Jesus that some people would promise, but are so far from being the true Jesus. Let me, let me show you something real quick. On-demand on demand Jesus on-demand God. This is Catfish Jesus. Let me tell you why this is such a big deal. When I was a young man, the people who genuinely cared about me, okay, they genuinely cared, but they went about the wrong way, would promise you anything just to get you to follow Jesus. Almost like a genie in a bottle. Jesus will give you whatever you want. You can do anything in the Lord. You can become great. You can become successful. You can do great and mighty things if you give your life to Jesus. And let me tell you, there's been some amazing people who've done some amazing things serving Jesus. But all of it has been kind of wrapped around the whole promotion of you and not the promotion of Jesus in you. And if you accept Jesus to make you bigger, you didn't accept Jesus at all. Yeah. I'm going to let that soak in for a minute. If you accepted Jesus to make you bigger, you didn't meet Jesus. The whole point of Easter is to remember that we were lost in sin and our dad came and rescued us, yeah. brought us back home, and we worship him. If you never take me anywhere, if I never go to another place, if you never give me anything, you've given me everything yeah. because I got to come back home and I love you. And you know what? When we get to that and we realize that he's a good, good father. And, 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 and the thing is, I just want to stop and pause. I'm 45 years old now. And the promise of Jesus is going to give you anything you want never took place. And I'm 45 and I can tell you this. I'm glad I didn't get for some of the things I was praying for. There's a difference between a genie and a bottle and a father's love. Catfish Jesus says, hey, listen, you just serve me and I'll give you everything you want. Father God says, I don't give you some of the things because I love you. You don't get some of the things you're praying for because I am a good, good father. And that's love. And I tell you what, that's how I am with my kids. My kids can come in and ask me for something. And I know uh, this, this, it's not good. 
listen, sugar? No, it's 10 o'clock at night. It's not a good thing. Do my kids ever hear yes? Absolutely. Will you ever hear yes from God? Absolutely. But I'm here to talk to you about, what about the no's? And I can make you this. Instead of catfish Jesus, let me, let me talk about real Jesus. Jesus will turn to you the majority of the time and not answer the prayers you're praying. And it's because he loves you. Amen. There's a bigger plan. There's a better plan. You don't know what it is right now, but one day you will, and you'll turn around too and say, you really did love me because you didn't give me that. Amen. And it may not make sense, but I'm re I'd rather we be honest here today and talk about that you won't get everything you want. And that's a good thing. And that's real Jesus. Here's another catfish Jesus. Goosebump Jesus. You know goosebump like I can feel him. There are people who would turn and say, but if you accept Christ as your Savior, you're going to feel God. You're going to feel him. And you know what? That, sometimes that's just creepy. I just want to feel Jesus. I get what you're saying. I get. But do you know, let, me, let me just jump in and tell you this. You're not always going to feel him. He's not always going to be touchable. And what do you do when you've told, been told that Jesus is real and Jesus is there and you can feel him and then you start living for him? The next thing that happens is you can't feel him. I would turn and say, it's actually really good when you can't feel Jesus. Here's why. Have you guys ever, all the men in the room, have you ever been on this side of the house and your wife is asking you a question on that side of the house? Am I the only guy? And she's in the other portion of the world saying, and what do you do? Here's the universal male response. What? What? And you hear her go, like, what? And then this is what I do. I don't know if you do this, is what I do. I go from this room to this room. I go, what? And you can hear something. What you What? And so then you go to the next room. And you ask her, what did you say? And she goes, will you bring me the remote controls, which are back in that room? But I want, to, I want you to show, it's not the remote controls. It's not husband and wife communication. Did you just see what happened? I was clear over here, and I couldn't hear my wife. Relationship is this moment that becomes very real in that the closer that I get to her, the more of a relationship we have. And the closer I get to her, all of a sudden, we can talk. This is also the story of why some of us in this room don't feel the Lord. Feeling is overrated. It's one of those moments where we realize relationship is everything. And when you're here and you can't hear him, relationship is this moment that faith and trust is built as we step towards him and we can hear him more clearly. The scripture tells us this, come to me, says the Lord, and I will come to you. That's real Jesus. Catfish Jesus says, everywhere we go, you're going to feel him. Everywhere you go, he's going to be right there. 
But I thank God that there were moments I couldn't feel him. You know why? Because it was in those moments I realized I can't hear him because I've apparently drifted from him. And I was able to step in closer and closer. And it caused me to hunger for him, which caused me to go to him. And that is real Jesus. Come home. Come to me. I'm not raising my voice. I want you to come and listen to me closely. That's what a good, good father does. On-demand God, catfish Jesus. Goosebumps Jesus, catfish Jesus. Did you ever hear the story about the burglar who broke into the house? Opened up the window, stepped inside. Listened to see if anybody was there. Nobody was in the house. So he took a step to go find the jewelry and the valuables, and he hears, Jesus is going to get you. (laughs) Do this. And the man just freezes. The next thing he hears is, Jesus is going to get you. And he turns on his flashlight, and over in the corner is a parrot. And he goes, what? Jesus is going to get you. And the man like, oh, that scared the heck out of me. And the next thing you know, he hears, <laughs> and he flashes over here, and there's the biggest Rottweiler you have ever seen. And the parrot goes, what? And he shines it back at the parrot. And he goes, get him, Jesus. <laughs> and, and, yeah. That's the dumbest joke, and y'all laughed at that. That was a courtesy laugh. You're shaking your head. I'm so, pr- I'm so proud of you for shaking your head. Listen, Jesus isn't going to get you. Just the same way your father wouldn't get you. Your father would love you. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's another goose. Let's, let's talk about catfish Jesus. Let's talk about killjoy Jesus. See, the deal, a lot of people don't know what to think about following Jesus because they feel like they're getting catfished because the moment that you accept Christ, there's this whole list of rules you have to keep. So for everybody in the room that you're like, I am so afraid of all the rules I got to keep. I'm going to break one. I know I am. And then I'll be right back in the same spot that I am. Let me tell you about the rules. First of all, you need to know that you can't earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. And some people don't know that. You can't earn God's acceptance by keeping everyone in the law. Which Another way of saying it, you can't God, cause God to love you more because you kept all the laws in the Bible. The fact is, is you may not keep one of them and it doesn't change how much he loves you. That's the father's heart. The same way my kids. If I was a dad who said, here's the rules of the house, and if you keep them, then I'll love you. That's not a dad. But a dad says there are rules in this house, and they're here to protect you. But rules don't make me love you. I love you regardless. I was there the day you were born. I saw you take your first breath. I gave you your name. I raised you. I changed your poopy diaper. I know who you are before you even knew who I was. Rules don't define my love for you. I love you. That's a good, good father, and that's God's love for you too. Another thing on this is religion focuses on the external instead of the internal. Religion says the moment you're like this, then things change on the inside. That's not how things work. We come just the way we are and God changes us on the inside. The very day you accept Christ as your Savior, that's the spark that starts the fire. And from the inside, it changes the outside. Paul will jump in and say, listen, I didn't even know coveting 
was a sin until I read it in Scripture and then realized that Scripture was showing me God's way. And when I read it, it dawned on me, of course God doesn't want me to covet because every time I look at what my neighbor has, it takes my eyes off of what God's showing me. Paul says that's the importance of Scripture. The law shows us our need for a Savior. It isn't our Savior. So all these things, this catfish Jesus stuff, it leads me to a scripture. I want you to look up on the screen. Check this out, okay? This is real Jesus. What then shall we say to these things? Romans chapter 8, verse 30, 31. What should we say to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? For every believer in the room, if we never received anything but that, we've received everything. Things may not be going our way, but if you can get in your heart, if God be for me, who can be against me? You got it all. Things may not be going your direction, but if you understand this, I don't go by what I see. I go by what I know. And if God be for me, who can be against me? For the believer in this room, this is everything. For someone that is seeking, you're trying to find what God's purpose is for your life, can you not look at this and see that that is one of the most beautiful things of a good, good father? That is real Jesus, not catfish Jesus. It goes on and it says this, he who did not spare his own son, this is the Easter part, he didn't even spare his own son, but his own son came along and said, we've got to rescue humanity, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? The reason why I want to bring up it is God who justifies is everybody will tell you catfish stuff. You've got to be like this for God to love you. Don't you believe catfish? You need to be like this in order to have a relationship. Don't you believe something that's man-made? When Jesus speaks for himself and God says here, it is God who justifies. God's not going to explain why he did what he did. When all of humanity would turn and say, we aren't worth saving. And God says, that's not for you to decide. I am the dad. I am your father. I am God. And this is my way. I want my family back. It is God who justifies. It is Christ who died and furthermore also risen. See here the Easter part? who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Listen to this last part. So, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? See, sometimes in the 21st century that we're in, we look at all this and it, it just kind of goes over our head. So let's put in some normal terminology. You got some financial trouble. Do you think that's going to stop God's love for you? You got yourself in such a pickle you can't keep your head above financial water. Stop and realize he's a good, good father and he makes his way. Yeah. Tribulation. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad the world gets, you not realize it can't separate us from God's love. 
which means the storm may be raging, but there's peace in the boat. And all these things we recognize that this is real Jesus. Okay, so talking about real Jesus. Let's wrap today up and let's talk to you, not about catfish Jesus. I like to call him fried catfish Jesus. You know why? You know, like fried catfish? Because there ain't anything more touchable, more smellable, more tasteable, more real than when someone puts you a nice big old plate of fried catfish right in front of you. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you guys, that's funny you amen that and you sleep through the whole message. I'm teasing you. Let's talk about real Jesus. This is what we know about real Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, who did? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This portion of Scripture has always been a hotly debated text of Scripture. You know why? Because the world hears it and wants to apply worldly rules to God's way. And God would say, I don't justify myself to anyone. I was here before everyone. I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. And all who come to the Father, no, and no one comes to the Father except through me. This is real, Jesus. First one he says is, I am the way. What's very interesting about the first century church, this is church before they were called Christians. You might have thought they've always been called Christians. They've always been called Christians. But a long, long, long time ago, before anyone was ever called a Christian who was a Christ follower, they were referred to as the way. That's kind of fascinating. Who, who is she? Oh, that's Jill. She's a, she's a part of the way. Oh, the way. I've heard the good things about those people. It, the way, the way. And the reason why they came up with it is because there was a way that Jesus said, come follow me. Come follow me and I will show you my way. So real Jesus turns and says, listen, if you've ever been lost, if your mind has ever been clouded, if you felt like you were just stuck in a spot and you did not know where to go, you could be in the right place. You know why? Because he says, the first thing I am is I can show you the way. If your marriage has ever been suffering, if your kids, have, if, you, if, if you've ever had kids and you found out they didn't come with an instruction book, <laughs> Jesus turns to you and said, I made them, come ask me and I'll show you the way. Yeah. Just letting you know, this is real Jesus. This is the way. Second thing Jesus says is I'm the truth. And the funny thing about the truth is, have you ever been lied to? We all have. It's one of the most sickening, ugly feelings that has ever come into a person's life is if you've ever been lied to. And, and the interesting thing about getting catfished is if you got catfished by something that you thought was truth it turned out to be a lie. And Jesus turns and addresses the issue, have you ever just didn't know, you, you were so afraid to move because you didn't know anymore what was real and what wasn't. Jesus says, no, not only am I the way, but I'm also the truth. You know how refreshing it is to finally have something in your life that will always be consistent and true. 
Yeah. Let me tell you about truth. Many times, it's not comfortable. Truth is beautiful. Truth is exactly what I want. Finally, someone's telling the truth. Finally, some truth came into my life. But just as truth is beautiful, truth is also brutal. Get ready. This is real Jesus. This isn't catfish Jesus. The moment that you choose to follow Jesus, not everything you're going to hear feels good. But I've grown to love it. Because I could either have something that feels good and is a lie or something that I know is good and hurts a little bit. Truth is refreshing. It's beautiful and it's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. And the next time you're sitting there and you go, I'm just tired of getting catfished. I want, I want some brutal in my life. Jesus says, I'm the truth. The other thing Jesus says is, I am life. Have you guys ever been sick before and you just felt horrible? And then you get to feeling better and it's like you want to go run a 5K because you finally feel good. The fever's broke and now you're out of bed and the moment you start doing something, you just fall back on your face again because you, you're just getting over the cold. You're just getting over the flu. Here's the thing is a lot of us think oh, I have this super, uh, superman ability right after a cold. That's not it at all. You're just experiencing normal for the first time in a long time. And for some of you, you haven't felt normal in a long time. And there's going to be a moment when, when you step into his way, step into his truth, you begin to find that life takes place. And you turn and you go, Jesus, I feel like I'm just, I'm awesome. This is incredible. This is a great feeling. Jesus goes, no, 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 no. This is normal. You just never experienced normal before. Jesus says this, and Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. There's probably someone sitting here to go, sitting here today going, dude, this is not the scripture we bring up on Easter when people come, they're visitors, and we start talking about taking up your cross. But what thing have you ever done in your life that was worth doing you didn't have to take up a cross for. For every mother in the room, you carry that baby for nine months, and then the moment comes to where this is the day, and that baby comes into the world, and it's crying, and you know, it's sitting there, and they come around the corner, they take a microphone, and they put it in your mouth, and they go, was it worth it? And you grab the microphone, and you eat the microphone, and you eat the person, and <laughs> And, and, and you're chewing on him and then you, you know, it's like, okay, maybe we should talk to her a couple hours after the baby. And so a couple hours after the baby's born, they're, she's, you're, you're holding the baby and they put a microphone in your mouth and they go, was it worth it? And the mother answered, to bring life, we had to take up our cross and do what we needed to do to see life take place. That's a mother and child.
think about how much more our Father loves you to say, it's not always going to be easy. Catfish Jesus would say, it's always going to be easy. You accept Jesus as your Savior. Man, it's smooth sailing from there. And real Jesus turns and says, nope. You'll take up your cross. Just like I took up my cross. And did the will of my Father. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whatever loses their life for me will find it. Right now, there's somebody in the room that you're just battling your head right now. I don't know if the drugs you on have just got you jittering and you can't sit still and you're just angry about being here and you're just flopping and you're moving and you're just so frustrated. There's a time in your life you're going to have to get serious before Jesus and realize that this is real and one day we'll be judged by what we did in our time here. And he made every possible way. He went before you constantly. He showed your lo his love for you and everything that he is was before you in life and you chose to do it your way and not his way life was right in front of you and you chose flesh and I would say this why don't you just take up the cross and follow Jesus because anything you're willing to walk away from you're willing to find life into whatever it is that you're going towards his name is Jesus Another portion of scripture says, it talks about acceptance. And all those the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. There's a promise. Real Jesus says, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you did, doesn't matter where you came from, all that's in the past because there will always be a way for you just to come back home. Real Jesus is the last and final one. There will be trials. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. The reason why I want to bring this up, the last and final one, there will be trials. Because the moment that you choose to live for Jesus, you become an enemy of Satan. But that shouldn't scare you. It, it should actually encourage you that the same God who made a way to come home is the same God that protects his children that turns and says you will never go through anything in which I haven't given you the ability to overcome and where every trial that comes God has also given us the grace to be more than conquerors because we are in Christ Jesus yeah so Have you ever been catfished? Have you ever been catfished by Jesus? It wasn't Jesus. The real Jesus is here today. You're not joining a church. You're darn not sure you're not following a pastor. You're simply turning and saying, Lord, I trust you. And because I trust you, I have faith in you. Let me just pray over you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I pray for my friends. I pray for this moment, everybody online at the online campus, everybody here today. Lord, this isn't a moment for a church to grow. This isn't a moment for a pastor to be seen. This is a moment.
for us to all stop and pause. And right now, in our seat right now, just take a reflection, take a look. What are you saying to us? In today's message, why did we need to be here to hear this? Father, today I pray for any healing that needs to take place. Something that somebody might have been carrying for years. In Jesus' name, let it go. Any unforgiveness, any something that you've just carried on your heart, something that just keeps coming up, keeps coming up, festering, causing other issues in other departments, just let it go. Forgive. Right now, Father, it's not doing it because even a pastor said so. We're doing it because even before I said it, you opened our hearts and you were talking to us about it already. Jesus, today I pray with all of my heart that you would heal. Father, there are folks in this room right now that don't need to leave the same way they walked in. Jesus, I just pray that you would do what you need to do. So if you're in this room and you would just turn and say, Ty, there's some stuff, some issues in my life I just really want to give God right now. I just need to really lay some stuff down and give it to the Lord. I've carried way too much. There's just too much stuff. You're going to have to define the stuff. There's just too much stuff and I just need to lay it down and give it to Jesus. Why don't we do that right? If that's you, nobody's looking. Would you just raise your hand and say, I'm one of the ones that's carrying way too much stuff. I want to give it to the Lord. Right? Would you just raise your hand? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All over this place. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Okay, here's another question. If you're in this room and you would say, I have never accepted Christ as my Savior. And to tell you the truth, I couldn't imagine asking Christ as my Savior because all I've ever known is catfish Jesus. But what you said today about real Jesus, that's a Jesus that I can turn and say, I need him. Well, let me ask you this question. What if you did just that right now? And this be like a seed that when sown in your life, real Jesus, a harvest can come from that. Nothing more than if there's one thing I want to accept real Jesus into my life and from there I want to see where he takes me I believe I trust if you're in this room and you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior not joining a church not following a pastor this has everything to do with just Jesus I need you and yes I would like to accept you as my Savior would you just step out in faith? Just do this. Would you just look up, raise your hand, look up at me and say, that's me. I would like to accept Christ as my Savior. Would you raise your hand right now? Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, wow, yeah. Anybody else? Hands? Too cool. Church, let's help. We're all going to pray this prayer together. For everybody who raised their hand, sometimes as young Christians, we don't know how to pray. So, so let's, let's use these words, but don't just repeat them. Make these words your words. Come on, let's all help. Jesus, 
thank you for never giving up on me. Today I accept you as my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for every time I chose something else. And I didn't choose you. I believe. I believe that you died on the cross. That you became the sins of the world. And three days later, you rose from the grave. I believe. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I love you, Lord. Amen. Today, I saw three people accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Let me, we're going we're gonna to leave, but let me, let me show you guys something real quick. If you've never been to Cowboy Junction before, we put this great big Jesus sign up here. Can you see it? Say, <laughs> so, so here's the deal is, you see all these lights that are on? Since the beginning of 2018, every time that someone accepted Christ as their Savior, as a celebration of this church, but also a testimony of the decision that that person just made to accept Jesus as their Lord, we turned the light on right there in front of them. For the three people today that just accepted Jesus as their Savior, for the first person, that is you. For the second person, that's you. For the third person, that's you right there. And every time you come into this church and you look upon this Jesus sign, you know that bulb came on the day that you accepted Jesus as your Savior. You didn't join the church. You're our friend. You're our family. But we get excited too because that means something to us. Because you're not just another person. You're, you're family. You're a brother and sister. And you mean a lot to us. For the next several weeks, we're going to be doing something fun around here. We're going to be talking about stronger families. Maybe that piques your interest. Maybe you're a married couple and you'd like to know more about a stronger marriage. Maybe you're a single person and you'd like to know more about being a, the plans that God has for you being single. Maybe raising kids is a big deal for you right now. Or maybe, you know, just being here and learning about things you've never known before. Well, we're going to be covering that in the next several weeks. So if you would, would you stand to your feet? One more thing. If you raised your hand, my buddy Jeff and I, we're going to come right over here. While everybody's moving out, if you would just take five minutes, three minutes, and, and come this way. If you raised your hand and accepted Christ as your Savior, we got some stuff we want to give you. So while everybody's moving out, you guys have a great Easter. And those three people, if you could meet us over there, I'd love to get to five minutes to talk to you. It's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. God bless you guys. Have a great week in the Lord. See you later.